0: Hello and welcome to the Take 15 podcast. I'm Lauren Foster, and this is the show where we bring you short conversations with some of the top minds in the world. The COVID-19 pandemic is forcing all of us to rethink work, our careers, the future. One word I'm hearing a lot these days is unprecedented. I'm also hearing a lot of discussion about relevance and resilience. To learn more, I turned to Rebecca Fender and Bob Stammers. They're co authors of the award winning report Investment Professional of the Future. In this episode of Take 15 on the Go, recorded from home, we discuss what investment professionals need to do to stay relevant and some of the things you can do to build career resiliency. Rebecca and Bob are CFA charter holders and part of the Future of Finance team at CFA Institute. I hope you enjoy this timely conversation. Rebecca Fender, Bob Stammers, welcome. It's great to have you back on the show, and I've been really looking forward to our conversation today on disruption and resilience in the time of COVID-19.
1: Uh, it's great to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. So let's dive straight in. Uh, investment Professional of the Future, which came out last year, the report cautioned that investment advisors risk obsolescence if they failed to adapt to new skills. It also warned of a disruptive and complex environment in which advisors would need to adapt if they were to survive. So let's just fast forward a few months and we find ourselves now in a very disruptive environment. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced people to rethink just about everything. So help set the scene for us. Tell us what motivated the study and a bit about the basic methodology.
2: Sure. Um, well, as you noted, there has been a lot of talk about disruption in the industry for a while, right? We're kind of learning about it at a new level now. But um, as we look at where is the future of the industry, for for many years we've been talking about how will people need to change, how will people need to adapt. If there's disruption, what does it mean for my career? And so this paper was really the sort of the third in a trilogy. And a few years ago, we started with this paper called the future state of the investment profession and in it we looked at mega trends that are impacting all industries but in particular we outlined four scenarios for the next five to ten years for investment firms in the industry and again these are not meant to be point estimates they're meant to be lenses through which to think about strategy so those were fintech disruption and certainly there are near-term disruptions there and as far as benefits from efficiency Longer term things around how will work change? How do we do analysis differently with new types of data? The second scenario was called parallel worlds. And in this, we talk about how different segments of society interact with the investment industry in very different ways. And so to some extent, this is the marketer's dream come true. It's about segmentation and thinking about the great opportunity that the investment industry has for customization. We know that people want more of that and there are more ways that the investment industry can meet people's needs. The third one is called lower for longer. And of course, we often talk about that just in terms of a, a rate environment. And so, so now, of course, with zero or negative interest rates in many places around the world, this, is, um, this has come into reality. But the question we were asking was, if we have a period of five to 10 years of very low investment returns, what does that do for the business model of investments? And so we think about the value of skill, the way things are priced and all of that. So an important scenario for us at the moment. And the last one is called purposeful capitalism. And that one is really about how do we align interests better with clients? How do we think about things to that earlier point of customization? How can people um, invest alongside their values and things like that? So these have been pretty interesting topics and I think have just accelerated in their relevance as we look at the current situation. Um, One last point is the way that we organize this paper then is to look back at those scenarios and say what are the impacts on people? So three areas, how are roles changing, how are skills changing, and how do the organizational cultures need to adapt as well?
1: Yeah, so we um, talked to almost 4,000 people for the study. We talked to 3,800 CFA Institute members and candidates, uh, those being the supply of labor people that should be thinking about what are the skills that are necessary to either get a new job or to be valuable in their current position. And we also talked to 130 industry experts, and some of these also being hiring managers. So what are they looking for in terms of skills? And roles. And then we talk, also talk to other experts as well um, human resource professionals as well as recruiters.
0: So, great. Let's actually dive into some of the findings now. We hear a lot of people talking about the importance of personal resilience and firms discussing operational resilience. And your report discusses ways to strengthen career resiliency. So, if I may, what is career resiliency and what does it mean for investing professionals, especially now?
1: Okay, well, career resilience is really about ensuring your career against change, disruption, and the unexpected. So to give you an example, uh, when you talk about financial resiliency, we tell people to build an emergency fund so they can insure themselves from unexpected expenses. But well, this is the same thing. It's really about how do, you become, how do you become as valuable as possible to your employer and still have the adaptability and agility to deal with unexpected issues changes, really, this changes really become continuous and it's increasing in its rate. So really, there's a few things that uh, professionals can do. Um, and this is really about becoming, like I said before, as, in, you know, as valuable as, part, as possible, but then changing to what the market demands. So we found from industry experts that agility is gonna be, and adaptability are gonna be the, really the crucial skills going forward. Um, professionals are going to have to be become much more tech savvy they're going to understand not only how tech works but how to leverage it to create better solutions for clients and then they also have to become much more preac- proactive in their career management instead of just going from position to position people really have to think about how's the industry changing what are the skills that are be really important in the future and how to obtain those
0: So, Rebecca, a question that surely must be top of mind for our listeners. How do investment professionals stay relevant both during and in the post-COVID-19 world? And what, uh, in your mind, are some of the changes to roles and skills uh, in the next five to 10 years?
2: Yeah, well, when we did our research, we found one of the most interesting findings was that more than 40% of CFA members and candidates we surveyed said they expect their role to be significantly different in the next five to ten years. And by that, we weren't talking about their specific career progression, but we were saying the role you're in today, uh, the role you know well, portfolio manager, analyst, and so forth, how do you see that changing in the future? And so a a big recognition that many things will be changing. The areas where more than half said they expected significant change. A couple come to mind one is financial advisors so as we see different ways to work with clients different ways to communicate and so forth um, that that makes a lot of sense um, another area was risk managers again as you think about the different types of inputs you have in many cases what we found were that there were skills there were roles that a lot of the work right now is about collecting data and making sure it's good valid data but in the future the roles would be much more about doing that analysis and making the judgment calls. And so a lot of the things that we're teaching along the way about how to think critically about um, business models and and so forth will really be useful. Now, when we talked to the people who are doing the hiring, we talked about four different types of skills, four different categories. And these were technical skills, soft skills, leadership skills, and then T-shaped skills. So, this is a, these T shaped skills. Think of the letter T. And so, you've got a, a vertical bar, which is deep subject matter expertise, and a horizontal bar, which is across disciplines and a t- across areas. And so, somebody with T shaped skills has both of those and can bring it together. And these were by far the type of skills that investment leaders said will be of most importance going forward. So yes, you still need technical skills. You need to know the basics of how to do things. And especially early in your career, this will differentiate you. But these T-shaped skills kind of bring it all together. Um, another thing to, that was worth noting was that we asked, where do you see the biggest gaps in the industry? Where, where do we need more? And soft skills was the number one area there. So we, we do see that among CFA members and candidates, soft skills are an area that people are doing more on. So we've said, you know, what are the hot topics what, in terms of learning of what you're, you're working on? And the number one thing was soft skills. Um, the areas that people are interested in but hadn't yet gotten into too much were around sort of you know, data computation like um, Python or data visualization, learning more Tableau and so forth. So these are skills that more people say they're interested than, you know, are really doing it. Um, so, all of this is to say that it's a good time to start thinking about new skills and if you had some items on your to-do list, maybe bump them up now.
0: So many of us are working uh, from home around the world and the current situation is forcing people to learn new technologies and actually our meeting today on Zoom is a, a prime example of uh, fits and starts and learning new, mm-hmm. new, learning new technologies what do you think will be the impacts of technology on the investment uh, industry going forward? And how would it likely affect investment professionals?
1: Well, first of all, as I mentioned before, professionals are going to have to be much more tech savvy. And that's simply because a lot of the change that's happening in this industry is due to um, tech innovation. Um, I know there's a lot of professionals out there that are really worried about tech substitution or technology taking over their roles. And in some industries where, you know, uh, employees do repetitive tasks, that's, that's truly a risk. Um, not so much in the investment industry. We think that it's much more likely because um, investment management requires both judgment and trust it's less likely there's going to be the same level of tech substitution as that may be prevalent in other industries. And if you think about it, you know, technology can do some of the analysis, can do some of the data management, data data analysis, but you need that human element to, you know, look at the output and make some judgment around that. And also you need that trust and trust pervades in lots of ways. But as an example, you know, you need that trust in order to explain the outputs to clients. So uh, it's what we think it's much more likely that it's going to be a combination of what we call artificial intelligence and human intelligence or AI plus HI. So it's that combination together where people work together to kind of come up with new solutions for clients. And we even talk about this hierarchy of uh, of technology in the of techno- technological impacts in the study itself. So, at the you know at the basic level, basic applications. You know we're going to see new applications, new different ways to do work uh, with technology, and people are going to have to learn that uh, and, and master that. Right. Then there's the specialist applications where you have groups of investment uh, you know investment managers with technology people from technology from IT work together on T-shaped teams to come up with new ways of doing work, and new solutions for clients. And then there's the uh, hyper specialists, which are probably people that are uh, data scientists or people that uh, are very, very valuable to come up with new ways of doing things um, because of their IT background. Then they may have some investment management background or not, or they'll be trained in that investment management going forward.
2: Yeah, and you know, um, one of the things that we found, too, was that a lot of the uh, recruiters we talked to said they expect to see more differentiation in the future between the very highly valued roles and, and ones that aren't as highly valued anymore. And so, again, I think it's a good opportunity now to say, how can I be agile A lot of that goes right back to technology, right? Are you kind of adapting what you're doing to a virtual world? Some things are easier than others, right? And we have consistently said that it's not that all CFA charter holders and um, all investment managers need to become programmers, but expect to be on more of these T-shaped teams. Expect to have data scientists on your team figure out how you're going to work together to create the best possible products for clients.
0: So earlier on, we talked a bit about career resiliency, and we only have a few minutes left, but I would love to get your thoughts on what are some other things that investment professionals can do to help build career resiliency?
2: Yeah, well, um, one of the concepts we bring up in the paper is called the career flywheel. So this is a concept kind of borrowed originally from, um, from the book Good to Great. You might recall that. Uh, many years ago when it was applied just to firms, how can you build momentum and really create great firms? And so we've applied that to the to careers. And we said, there are lots of catalysts to build your career, but it takes a lot of energy at the beginning, right? So what are some things you can use as catalysts? Um, if you have a mentor or a sponsor already, that's great. Don't forget about them during this time. Um, use your network. Create a career plan. Oftentimes people say, well, I've kind of got a vague idea of what I'd like to do, but take this time to look into the skills you might want to develop, you know, and pick one. Pick one over the next couple months that you're really going to dig into and be proactive. Um, And back to this overall concept of career adaptability. We have a few things on our website that are relevant there. We've got a list of resources that relate back to these kind of uh, trending skills. And then we also have a, kind of a fun little self-assessment you can do called for your career adaptability score. So if you want to see how you compare to about 3,800 members and candidates that have also done this, you
0: can see sort of, you know, how adaptable you are. And is there a URL that you could share with uh, listeners so they can go and check it out? Sure. Just check out
2: futureprofessional.cfainstitute.org.
0: Great. Rebecca and Bob, will have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. To both of you and to all our listeners, please stay safe out there. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and it helps others find the show. Also, a quick reminder, this podcast isn't intended to provide expert advice on the topics we covered. If you need tax, accounting or legal advice, please consult a professional. I am Lauren Foster. Thanks so much for listening.